but I think video in 22, if you're in, in the real estate and or mortgage business, it's a must, right? And if it's not part of your plan in 22, you're already behind the curve. You've got to get started doing some video stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to see some folks that hadn't done video at our, at our meeting and uh, take time out of their day to go and shoot four or five videos. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're not doing video, you're falling behind. Yeah. Now, one person said, I regret that I did video. <laughs> no one said no, that. No, no, no. So lastly, oh, I, I want to throw this out there. Communication was key for everybody mm -hmm. on the panel. Um, if, you're, if you're out there originating and you have a deal in process and, and a buyer's agent or listing agent, they've got a question, they're trying to get an answer to a situation, they, they want an answer. If there's going to be a hiccup or a problem, they all, to, to a T, said, I want to know now, not three days before closing. I mean, if there's a bump in the road, we've got to communicate, and we can't just go into a Friday and not return a call until Monday. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what they expect. And it, and if we're not providing that service, they're not going to continue to use us and support us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think communication is key. It doesn't matter whether it's this business or any other. I think if we all go back and look at our dealings with a company, whatever the provider was, if they didn't communicate well, that's where a lot of times where we got frustrated with the process. Right. That, you know, so. And, and everybody's definition of return to call in a timely manner is, in, is different. Is different. So yeah. some are fine with 24 hours. Some want 10 minutes. We all know. I know when I originated, 10 minutes was a lifetime to some agents. To, to an agent, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so you better get on it. Yeah, they, they pick up the phone and call somebody else yeah. until they get that answer. Yeah. Speaking of getting that one definition, Brian, one of Brian's favorite words, at least in this business, is the word leverage. And I've heard that word leverage over and over. Um, and I never really understood what Brian meant when he said leverage. And the reason I didn't understand it is because I'm new to this company. I'm new to this team. So now I'm like, oh, I see what we're saying when, when we say leverage. And I'm not sure the rest of the world says it the same way we do. And what leverage really is, is trust your team, work with the people that you believe in and let them do their job. And you do your job because you're good at your job. Keep going out there and doing it. And a lot of people, they said, when I started off in my career, if you want something done right, do it yourself. And then once they finally realized to leverage and to get other people involved, and the beauty of that was they were like, oh my gosh, look at how much more, not just more I can do, but other people I can help, et cetera, et cetera. And once they're leveraging all of those other people on their team and those resources, and to me, that sounded really, oh, so it's just for the experienced people, but it's not. There was a woman and who was up on a panel, and I don't know. She was on our rookie panel, so I don't, I don't remember exactly how long she had been at the company, but I believe it was less than a year. And the one quote that came out of her mouth was, my processor is a beast. And that was in a positive way, okay? I mean, it wasn't like, yes. my processor is a beast. No, it's like, my processor is a beast. She knows the minute that the processor gets involved on that, Hand off, I'm got leverage, and I'm going on to go do something else. So that leverage applies at all levels of experience, and that was a wonderful – I mean, Brian, we and John setting this whole thing up, when you're trying to have a conference, you know, you were, we were leveraging marketing because yeah. we saw other things that we need to do. That leveraging and trusting your team and working with the right people and, and knowing that they will get yeah. it done so you don't have to do it critical to anybody's success. You know, one of, one of the things I've always said about leverage, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, is 
you know, listen, we're, we're all only capable of doing so much, okay? And like, I'll use the analogy of, from a loan originator's perspective, we all have a ceiling of how many deals we can physically do in a month, okay? And let's say you're just an LO and you're doing everything. You're setting up files, you're, you're doing pre-approvals, you're disclosing them, you're getting ready for pro- whatever it is, right? You're doing everything. You have a ceiling. Now, for John, that might be 12 deals a month. For me, that might be six. For Steve, maybe that's 10. But we all have a ceiling. Once you reach that ceiling, you now have capped your potential, right? Which means you've also capped your income. And every loan originator out there got into this business because it had uncapped income potential, right? But the reality is, is it, it is capped until you get leverage, Correct. right? So when you understand that, hey, I, I've reached the ceiling of achievement, this is the most that I can do to break through that ceiling of achievement, you've got to change systems and processes. And those systems and processes a lot of times come in as leverage, right? And so for some people that's hiring a transaction coordinator or an LOA or, or something where, hey, if I can help the originator just focus on building relationships and pre-approving loans, could my 10 turn into 20, your 12 turn into 24, and yep. Steve's six turn into 12? The reality is yes, but you've got to be willing to take that step. And that is, I'm, I'm going to get all, you know, uh, meta in here with you, Malcolm Gladwell. Let's pull it into Malcolm Gladwell. He wrote a book, and I want to tell you this was maybe 2012. Forgive me if I have the year wrong, but it was The Tipping Point. You remember The Tipping Point? You don't remember it. Okay. You remember Malcolm Gladwell, right? Like this. So here's what the tipping point is. If you take a glass of, you all call it water, I call it water. And if you start filling the glass one drop at a time, one drop at a time, one drop at a time, you get to what? The top. But when you add one drop, one drop, it still continues to grow because of the water surface tension, right? You get the yep. uh, meniscus that's sitting right there on top yep, yep, yep. from the surface tension. But when you hit that one drop of water too much, it doesn't now replace it one for one. What does it do? It all overflows. Yep. That's what leverage is. Because what yep. that just does, you said it goes from six to 12. It doesn't say, well, if I add one person, if I add one processor now i'm going to get one extra loan no it's not it no. all it all of that extra by leveraging it will come to you and and so this is from somebody way smarter than the three of us well not smarter than brian but smarter than the two of us john a guy named malcolm gladwell yeah. is telling you exactly what the power of leverage is yeah i love that's a great analogy steve i like it hey one one thing um i wrote down a note and this is a what not to do uh takeaway And so there was a discussion about buying leads and the what not to do was somebody had shared that they were buying leads, like let's call it Facebook or Google click or whatever it was, but they didn't have a strong system for (laughs) follow-up. So they were just getting leads that they didn't like, they were just getting wasted. Yeah. They they, they were getting wasted because either they couldn't do as much follow-up as required. So maybe they had more leads than they needed or they just didn't have a strong system. So lead comes in, I make an initial call, I didn't get a hold of anybody, and now that leads in like a black hole or whatever. Right. Um, so I think, you know, one of my takeaways with that is like that person talked about something that didn't work, 
but it would work if you had the right system in place up front. Yeah, we had an agent talk about it on one of our one of the panels about how he, he everybody on his team has to work leads. They do buy yep. leads, and he does expect the lender that they partner with to provide you know to split in mm -hmm. that service. He wants everybody involved to commit two hours a day to working those leads. Yeah, that's a specific yeah. task on their calendar. And if you're absolutely right. We've had a lot of people buy leads or Zillow leads, and, and they're helping their referral partner by doing it. And do they ever follow up? The conversion rate is, yeah. is generally the issue. The leads are. Dude, that made me just, think of. Just, that made me think of. So before this conference, we had a leadership meeting with our, our sales managers, right? And we talked about conversion in that. And mm -hmm. Don, Don brought up, like, hey, this is what the conversion rate is. And we, we tend to focus so much on the deals we got over the finish line, but we don't focus any on the deals that got left behind. In other words, how many of us have a system today, in right. place to follow up on the thing, the, the, the deals that, you know, not everybody's BTR, BTR meaning born, born to, rent, to rent, right? <laughs> so some of those fall through the cracks because we're only focused on the ones that we can get over the finish line now. So, you know, my takeaway was we need to have a system in place to go back to the folks that, um, you know, we weren't able to qualify today. And, and I think that Tom said, on average, they'll buy within three to five years. Dude, three to five years is so far. That's, that's yeah. That's like, we're, we're not, think, we're not right. thinking three weeks ahead a lot of times. Right. It's much less three to five years. Right. I mean, if somebody's, you know, has three months, six months to repair credit, Unless you have a system, like you said, and you know, a campaign that you can touch them by email and then a follow-up 30 drip campaign by mm -hmm. phone, you know, most likely they're going to forget who they originally went to and they're on to somebody else when they have made the change to credit. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, good. Gentlemen, any, any other just aha? Uh -huh, oh, I mean, like... there were, there were, you, you know, back to conversion. I think one of the other things we talked about last week came up is when we've hooked them, Right, we've done the prequal, and now they're out shopping and looking, and it's taken that much longer to yeah. to get under contract. It's the relationship building that's required during that six, eight, ten weeks mm -hmm. that they're shopping. What are we doing with them yeah. then? Yeah. I mean, we have them on the hook, right? They're yeah. happy. We, you know, we we've got all their docs, and if we don't communicate for the six or eight weeks, they're likely just to call yeah. us back in eight weeks and say, "Hey, Brian, what's your rate?" Yeah. By the way, I've been online and somebody at work has a friend that's in the mortgage business. I haven't heard from you in like six weeks. We did find the house. Yeah. And you're like, uh, you know, yeah. you're back to the what's the rate. You know, it's interesting. It's complete opposite of where we were at in like 2009, 2010. I remember pre-approving buyers then. Like I'd talk to them on a, on a Thursday. Under contract. And they were under Sunday. contract on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was like, that was every week. That was it, a quick hook, yeah, not a know, long pull. Like, boom, on Monday, I'm submitting your loan to processing. Right. Uh, you know, and I just pre-approved you on Thursday. Yeah. But I mean, if you, if you look, the standard loan officer in the industry, let's say they hook one out of five. If yeah. you can dial that into one out of four, yeah, I mean that's a huge way to increase your business. One out, you know, some of the better ones are at one out of three conversion. Yeah, I mean just you, you you're qualifying the same amount of people, and you're gonna you know potentially double yep. triple your business. Yeah, my other th you made me think of too, like going back to my origination days. I remember one time I used to keep I was old school, and this was before we had great technology. I would keep a record of every pre-approval I did on a spreadsheet, and so I mean obviously it would have their name, their number you know, email address, but I would also have their referral partner in the day that I did it. 
And um, I went one day, I just like, you know, I was trying to drum up business. I started going back through and calling, you know, like they were old, you know, they weren't like six weeks ago. They were old, old. And the number of people that I talked to who were like, oh, yeah, I'm currently under contract on a home. I could have killed myself. We've all been there. You know, I'm like, you got to be kidding. And again, that goes back to somebody having leverage, right? If you had somebody in your office in LOA or an assistant that was helping you follow up like that, especially with your past client database. I mean, that's a huge one. I mean, we know regardless of rates, and I'm going to say it again here, rates are at four and a half, five percent, wherever they go, people will still have a need to refinance and you need to work your past client database. I mean, and now is just important because I believe that we are going to go into a long trend of cash out refinances, primarily due to what word? Inflation. Inflation. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think the next 12 months bode for us. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's some folks struggling out there. So if you if you do own a home and you most likely have a lot of equity, you know, there's a chance that you could save, you know, quite a bit monthly if you if you refinance, regardless of rate. Yeah, that's the the message. True. Steve, any parting thoughts? You know, I, I, I think I'd wrap it up by going right back to where we started. There's not one way to do it. Hopefully through this conversation here, we threw a bunch of nuggets that are out there. You're going to go, that works for me. That works for me. That one I'm going to say no to. But the one that we didn't say, a lot of people we talked to during those two days, three days, were social media people. Yeah. And the one thing that they always got back to, and I know we Let's already keep said, talking about that. For the I mean, business. That's, that's- we said we got to ask for the business, but these social media people, I heard it over and over. It's called social media. And this is where you're forming the relationship is on the social media. And they want to know about you as a person, as an individual. And they're not just wanting to hear about rates when it comes to things like Facebook and TikTok and videos and stuff like that. They want to know about you as the individual. What's your story? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can keep going on some social media if you want. I mean, there's, you know, we did, we did have the panel where we know that there were a couple folks that were getting quite a bit of their, you know, business from social media. I mean, we had, we had a gentleman in, uh, in Georgia, um, I won't drop his name, but, you know, has a substantial amount of friends via Facebook, realtors and personal, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't post much of anything about business, nothing no. about mortgages. And he, and he attributed probably 85, 90% of his referrals in 21 yeah. came through social media in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of the relationships he had prior to COVID, you know, Mm -hmm. took those offline, took them and kept them going online. And uh, kudos to him because he's he's found a cool formula to close about 45 million. And again, if you get 90 percent of that coming via that source, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 He had just shared he had done a really good job of like when COVID hit, just, you know, like everybody he kind of knew he was going through and making sure that he was connected with on social media. Yep. You know, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, we go back, we were talking about listing agents earlier, you know, how many of us, when we get a deal or we start a deal, do we go to social media and connect with the listing agent? You know, cause in a lot of, in a lot of cases, you're probably not connected with them already, you know? Yeah. I mean, so. that's a great, that's a great point. I mean, you can find out everything you need to know about an agent beforehand, before you even call them to try to, you know, schedule a one-on-one or a coffee appointment. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Anything what else, else you John? have? We went through everything I, mean, I had. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got one more. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, hey, we've got it. We've got it. We've got a whole list here. I mean, we've got video. I mean, we've got the rookies that talked about just, 
I love the rookie one. They would, hey, call everybody you know. I mean, I don't think that that, that applies at no matter what stage you are yeah. in your career. But a lot of us forget to call friends, family, and our yeah. sphere. So right? you were you were talking about there was a, a guy on a panel that talked about like he literally just got out his phone. Yeah. And like today I'm going to call the A's. Tomorrow yeah. I'm going to call the B's. And he was just calling people and saying, hey, I've made a career change. I'm now in the mortgage business. If you think of anybody, I can help with a purchase or a refinance. And uh, you know, what I like about that is I want to I'm going to step it up. The, the phrase that I used to use is if you know anybody that needs to buy, sell or refinance. And that, that because I was new in the industry years yeah. back. Right. That was my hook because I had a lot of friends and, and people that came to me and said, I'm ready to buy. And it was it, it allowed me then to send the lead to a realtor that I wanted to engage sure, with. Yep. I mean, that was huge for me to get that, that first two years. I worked that system, but we should always be saying buy, sell, or refinance, and then and hopefully get somebody that comes to us that we can handle lead out because we did have some agents say we want a win win. Yes. We want to get some referrals from you folks too. Yep. Yep. And I just thought the another one out there is, and this was more the experienced people saying. It's about more for them personally. It's about more than the mortgage. It's about more than just the business. There's something bigger that's out there. The reason I'm part of this industry, the reason I get out of bed every morning is I'm trying to figure out what I can give back to the community. It, it, there's a, there's a bigger purpose. I get, it goes back to that concept. You got to get to this level of the competency in those first two years or whenever it is. And then you start to find really what your why is and why you're driving towards this because now you have the capacity to be able to consider other things than just your business. And that touched me personally because I was saying, wow, we have some people that are doing some really good things. Cool things. And we, in our industry, Amen. sometimes we always say it's about the money, it's about the money. And oh my God, we're compared to used car salespeople. I, I disagree with that. But I challenge anybody that says that. I can name 10 people at my company right now that are thinking of it way beyond how much commission am I making on this deal. Some just magnificent community and charity involvement. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know... it affords you the opportunity to, to give back, right. you know, to, yeah. to what you believe in. Well, I've always said that the true measure of wealth is what you give away. Right. Right. And that and that's either your time, your talent, or your treasure. Right. So. Good stuff. Cool. You were about to say something on video? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we did. Uh, we we, we kind of strolled over video, but I think video in 22, if you're in, in the real estate and or mortgage business, it's a must, right? I mean, we've talked about it for the last three years, I think maybe had it on our business plans for the last two or three years to get engaged and start doing video and we didn't necessarily need to in 20 and 21 mm -hmm. and if it's not part of your plan in 22 you're already behind the you know you're behind the curve you've got to get started doing some video stuff mm -hmm. and it was nice to see some folks that hadn't done video at our, at our meeting and uh, take time out of their day to go and shoot four or five videos yeah so i mean if you're not doing video you're falling behind yeah not one person said, I regret that I did video. <laughs> no one said no, that, no, they no, no. that they did video. No, I think and more, thing, I've heard more people say, Steve, fine. how excited they are yeah. about, hey, I did this and I can't <laughs> wait to get it out there. And I say this awesome. to all the video people for somebody because I do video and I'm always, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay. It goes back to, I want to know you as an individual. I don't want you to be the robot. It's okay. Stop watching yourself 10 times. It's fine. <laughs> get it out there. 
Yep. Nice. Yep. That a wrap? Dude, man, I think we I think we we put out a lot of nuggets right there. So nice job. Steve, thanks for joining us, man. Always. I thank y'all and everybody out there, man. I hope you have a thanks, great Steve. day. All right. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Context to Contracts podcast. On behalf of Steve Richmond, John Jones, I'm Brian. And if there's anything that you need, we're always here to serve. You.